Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. I'm Dan Myler. It's week 13 in the NFL, and we are reacting, not overreacting, to the most important thing from a dynasty perspective. Once again, uh, McDowell and Price, we're 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 through the regular season, pretty much, guys, at least in most fantasy leagues. Of course, some of us that play in the Scott Fishbowl or some of Ryan's leagues that kick off the preseason or the, the postseason a little bit early. We're already into the postseason, but hopefully all our listeners are clinching those playoff spots, uh, punching those tickets to the postseason, and we got some championships coming up. Ryan, uh, I know you are a perennial postseason contender in most if not all of your leagues how are things looking this year uh they they got off to a really good start last week um in in the kitchen sink leagues you kind of hinted at those uh we started playoffs last week actually and uh put up big numbers thanks to austin eckler and and tyreek hill and, and those guys that had big games this week, not so much. It's, it's going to well, be... Well, Eckler let you down. It's going to be tight, yeah. I, I, I was very excited about what we saw from Austin Eckler last week. If you listen to the show, you know that. I was ready to crown him as, as a top five uh, running back going forward and, and a dose of reality for me and really for the entire Chargers offense. But we'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we're going to get to all that. Uh, he, and he wasn't the only one to disappoint, of course. There were plenty to go around when it comes to that. Matt, how about you? Are you punching them tickets? Are you getting into the postseason? Doing some damage? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, looks like 11 out of 14 leagues I'm in. And th- of, the, of the three that I'm not, one of them's a vampire team. One of them's a tanking team. So only one that uh, I expected to make the playoffs, and I didn't. So feeling pretty good. Yeah, my, my line is similar, except, as Ryan said, the postseason already started in those kitchen sink leagues. I made it in four out of the five of them, and it's not looking good in any of them right now. The injuries and the poor performances have caught up to me for sure. Let's talk about some of the players that either uh, came through for us or really didn't. We're going to start with the early games from Sunday since there wasn't a Thursday night football game this week. As always, we're recording on Sunday evening before the Sunday night football game, so we won't get to those primetime games, but we will get to the Saints and the Falcons. The Saints, uh, they got by Atlanta 21-16 to behind Taysom Hill, 232 yards and two passing touchdowns his first two in his career if you didn't hear uh 14 rushing attempts for 83 yards as well so Taysom Hill he's winning games he played well again on Sunday guys got the rushing yards through the two touchdowns Elvin Kamara 15 carries for 88 and a score that's good just two catches once again for nine yards last week Matt I told you I didn't think it was an overreaction reaction to think that Taysom Hill will completely submarine Elvin Kamara and his, well, maybe not completely, but maybe his ceiling or his ultimate upside once again comes up short in the passing game, just two for nine. My take here is that if Taysom Hill is announced as the 2021 starting quarterback for the Saints, it's time to sell Elvin Kamara. I I don't disagree with you, but I just wonder if if you know everybody's going to be saying that like we've had now we have three weeks of you know 
what what is it three total catches four total catches and like eight total yards he had one he was there was one line where it was a negative one right so he has he has less than 10 yards I think receiving uh in three in three weeks and that certainly is concerning if we turn Alvin Kamara into a touchdown dependent you know early down rusher like that just seems like it seems like a travesty honestly and if that was what they were going to do then why did they spend all that money on him this season you know it's it's a little bit frustrating yeah that's that's kind of where I am with it like I mean, I know what we've seen the past three weeks, but uh, two of those games against the against the Falcons, it, it just feels like when this team really needs to win, they need to rely on on their best player. And, and Sean Payton is is a good enough coach to understand that. So uh, I, I hate what we've seen these these past three games as far as Kamara's receiving usage, but I guess I'm just not letting myself really believe that's the new reality. Yeah. Yeah. And a a lot of us believe in Peyton. I think most of us that have watched that team over the last 10 plus years since Peyton took over in new Orleans, believe that he finds ways to get his best players, the football and and particularly his best players, the football in space and Camara, that is his specialty. So maybe it's just a, the, the shock of a new quarterback and a new style hitting, hitting the system. And maybe that coaching staff doesn't want to put that on Taysom Hill right now, early in his starting career, but there is reason to be upset or worried or concerned about what Kamara will do in the passing game. If Taysom Hill is the starter in the long term. there was news this week that that breeze could potentially be back sooner rather than later though. There is, one thing I don't understand, though, is there. I feel like there was a lot of talk this week, and maybe it was more redraft than the dynasty. Although right now, I feel like it doesn't really. There's not really a big distinction about that where we are in the season. You know, of benching Kamara based on what we've seen. That that's something I really just don't understand. There's just not enough that's running backs talk. to go by around. And if Kamara goes off on your bench, how I mean, just how silly are you going to feel? It just like that part. Like yes, we're we're disappointed in what he's doing in the passing game, but you, you're not going to bench this guy. I am very glad he had the 88 yards and the touchdown on the ground on those 15 carries because that storyline, that narrative would have exploded if it was another 15 for 25 and and didn't find pay dirt. Uh, So at least we were saved from that for for this week. Uh, Michael Thomas also nine catches for 105, so he came through. On the other side of things, uh, Julio's banged up. the running game, Gurley, was a non-factor in this game, but there was a bright spot, Ryan. It's uh, it's maybe one of your guys. Is it one of your guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to claim him. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> no. It, Calvin Ridley had had another good game. Uh, one of your guys, Dan Ridley had had a big game. Uh, oh, it could have been bigger too. Two end zone targets. Barely touched the line on the, he got interfered on. That would have been a touchdown. And he was wide open on another one and Matt Ryan didn't find him. So it could have been bigger. Yeah, certainly could have ends up with five catches for 108 yards on 10 targets. The the 10 targets led the team as, as did the yardage and uh, Ian Harditz from PFF. I know has, has tracked Ridley uh, Ridley's numbers all season. and, And he tweeted this out again after the game that, in 15 career games, when Ridley has seen at least eight targets, he has at least five catches in every single game and either 90 yards or a touchdown in all of those. So we're, we're basically talking about a floor of 14 fantasy points and, and, and obviously a pretty high ceiling. And uh, I know I've looked at a lot of numbers when it comes to Ridley with Julio versus when Julio's out of the lineup. And, and I don't know that there's really a pattern there, but just the, just the usage here that Ian points out is reliable because you think moving forward, uh, he's going to see eight targets in a game much more often as, as Julio nears the end of his career. And what you're talking about there is something so many of us covet so much as dynasty managers, that consistency, that guy that's going to continue to get those targets and and turn them into big games. And and even when he doesn't have the big games, at least he offers the floor. Now, the one the one donut that he took earlier this year, that that may be the outlier here. But for the most part, everything you said there, consistency. Uh, that's what Calvin Ridley has been really throughout his career. And he also offers that big, big game upside, the kind that can win you a week. So couldn't, couldn't disagree with you or couldn't agree with you more, I guess. Yeah. Ryan, on, on Ridley being underrated. We're actually, I think seeing his, 
seeing his value go slightly down. He, he was wide receiver eight in our November ADP. We are finishing up our December ADP right now. Not, not on the site yet, but it will be very soon. Uh, he's the wide receiver 10, so he's getting bypassed by a couple of these younger players, including a couple of rookies ahead of him. Um, so he, he's certainly not going to be cheap uh, as, if you're trying to trade for him, but I, I think he could be worth the investment. Right, and Ridley, just 25 years old still. He came in as an older rookie, so a lot of dynasty managers kind of turned a turned a shoulder to Ridley because yeah. of that. But still 25, ready for that second contract, and, and going to take advantage, especially once Julio yeah. is gone. I think he's also proving now, with Julio banged up and missing time, that he can do it without Julio as well. He's not, not just a second fiddle type of receiver. Right, I, I think he's actually been 25 years old his... His entire career, so he's yeah okay. He's locked in at twenty five, just just like my wife. So, <laughs> well done, hat tip. Uh, let's move on to the Lions who beat the Bears thirty four to thirty. Matthew Stafford four hundred and four yards, three touchdowns, just the one pick. T.J. Hawkinson seven for eighty four on nine targets. Ryan Hawkinson, he's he's been up and down a little bit, but for the most part. All of us see him as a top five tight end, both in the short term and long term. And if this offense gets anything figured out, he's going to be a main part of that moving forward. Yeah, he really is. I feel like maybe Matt talked about him last week or the week before, but uh, it it really has just kind of hit me as I looked at the numbers. And of course, Kenny Galladay out of the lineup again for the Lions. Hawkinson, you said he'd been up and down. I, I don't know. I feel like he's really been consistent. And I think what he's lacked this year is that that really blow up that blow up game to get our attention. He's not been a top three tight end at all in, in any game this season, but he's been uh, in that four to ten range uh, several times, including I'm, I'm guessing he probably ends up in that range this week as well. He has seen at least four targets in every single game this year. And again, he either has 50 yards or a touchdown in 11 of 12 games. His, uh, his December ADP is up to tight end three. He was actually tight end seven in November ADP. So a big jump for him, but still I think a player that, uh, that you could target and, uh, and get some value, get some meat on the bone there. Everybody out there knows that I'm a big monkey knife fight player, and I I played on Thanksgiving Day when Detroit was, or was it Thanksgiving? Detroit and Washington, whichever game that was, and I thought that was going to be the big, the big T.J. Hawkinson game. I, I took the over on everything, and he was two for thirteen. So I guess that's what I was thinking of when I said said up and down. He was down when I needed him to be up. <laughs> yeah, that that was the uh, one. That was the one. That was the, the one. one. Yeah, <laughs> the one I needed him on. Right, as every fantasy analyst says, it's always me that gets picked on. Uh, David Montgomery on the other side of things, seventeen for seventy-two at two scores, uh, four catches for thirty-nine yards. So he he was a big time uh, guy running back this week for dynasty managers Allen robinson six for 75 darnell mooney uh matt four catches for 43 yards you're liking what you see from the rookie yeah uh coming into this week he actually is getting more snaps the 72 percent of the snaps over miller 69 percent obviously not not a huge rank there but uh you know he I just, I just, I just think that if you can get him cheap, like is, is somebody going to turn down two thirds for Mooney right now? If, if you have to spend a late second, maybe that's the line. I'm not sure, but Allen Robinson not going. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he gets resigned. I'm going to say that he's at the point in his career where he probably wants to start start winning. So if he wants to go somewhere else and get some, can get somebody else to pay him, then uh, that that could happen. If Chicago wants to pay him everything, make him the number one wide receiver in terms of paycheck or whatever, then maybe he comes back. But it seems like he might not be back next year. And if that's the case, then Mooney will be the guy there that has experience on the outside. It seems like Miller is kind of locked into the slot. Uh, and, of course, they're probably going to draft someone. They'll probably have some a, a pick in the you know 15 to 20 range, maybe a little bit higher than that. So there'll be a, a, certainly an opportunity to grab one of those elite receivers next year. Uh, but Mooney's going to be the guy with the most experience, and he'll, he'll probably never be quote-unquote with the alpha there but uh he's I, I like what i've seen so far and he's i still think he's super cheap so you might as well add him now before he starts costing more uh, next season yeah he's overlooked by a lot of us and was throughout draft processes we all kind of kind of got on board early this season when we started to see those snaps move up but for the most part he's looked good if just like with Allen robinson 
he he needs more opportunities and quality opportunities. He needs a quarterback that can deliver the football accurately, and that's just something Chicago hasn't had. Uh, another pass catcher in that offense is rookie tight end Cole Komet, Ryan, who you could say a lot of the same of. He came through with another touchdown on Sunday, and, and looks like the arrow is pointing up for him. Yeah, just wanted to, to basically throw that out. He actually led the team uh, with seven targets, tied A-Rob with seven targets, caught five for 37, and that touchdown. So I know we, we've been a little impatient even with some of the rookie tight ends, uh, even though we know we know it typically takes those guys longer to develop and, and make an impact. But uh, it looks like he's he, he is finally – um, starting to to see an increased role, and uh, Jimmy Graham just one target on the game did not uh, record a catch. So uh, we we see those two guys going in different directions. Yeah, and Komet he he's that athletic guy, the the guy that can stretch the field. Although the Bears haven't really used him that way just yet early in his career, there's the potential for him to be more than just that five yards turnaround, catch the ball and fall down. He he's got a little bit of athleticism to go with that size and and uh, and the leaping ability that he's shown at times as a rookie. Uh, the Colts they beat the Texans twenty six to twenty. Jonathan Taylor was one of the shining lights of this game. Thirteen carries, ninety one yards, three catches for forty four, and a receiving score. Ryan he looked good, but I was watching this game pretty closely watching that box score as the game was played. And there was a point in the third quarter where I think it was right after Taylor scored the receiving touchdown. I looked and I thought to myself, really? Only five carries for Jonathan Taylor right now? And the other two running backs, they're, they're, they have similar stat lines. It, it, it didn't kick, kick off until late in the game, but it did happen, I guess. It, it just just happened late. He got to the 16 touches, which is a number we like. Yeah, it, it finally did happen. Um, it, and it certainly was frustrating if you were watching that game closely, if you were counting on Taylor. I know a lot of people were in, in what was a good matchup. Um, but, but even though it took some time, I do think there were some things to be encouraged about. He, he did have the same number of targets and catches as Naheem Hines and actually, uh, of course, turned the one into the long touchdown. So ends up with three catches for 44 yards in that score and ended up easily leading the backfield in rush attempts. Uh, but yeah, it, like you said, it, it's still just uh, still a frustrating situation. I don't think we can count on him uh, on a weekly basis quite yet. Uh, not not the way they're managing that backfield. I mean, we we saw that fourth and one that they really needed to convert, and they they give it to Naheem Hines to run it up the middle. Yeah, and he got he got stuff. He, that was pretty ugly. That was a bad play call. Uh, going back to Taylor though, coming up, I, I hear what you're saying for sure because. Every time you click on that box next to Jonathan Taylor's name when you're setting the lineup, you you don't feel great about it. But upcoming, they got Las Vegas on the road next week. 26th most, uh, or excuse me, one of the top five uh, most points given up to the running backs. Then Houston, again, one of the worst in the league. Then at Pittsburgh in week 16. And for anybody that's playing in 17, they get Jacksonville. So there's an opportunity at the very least for Taylor to make an impression down the stretch and set himself up for his second season. The rest of this thing, T.Y. Hilton looked good for the first time in a very long time. Second, really. come on, second time. Uh, I guess he had a game last week. Yeah, yeah. Eight catches, 110 yards, and a score. How about Houston? We got to talk about these guys. There's a, a, a little band named Kiki, <laughs> Matt, that you've liked in the past, and he came out, he, he just took right over for Will Fuller, really. Uh, eight catches, 141 yards, and looked the part of a guy that can stretch the field in that offense. Yeah, I love me some Kiki. He uh, he obviously got into Bill O'Brien's doghouse, and lucky for everybody with the Texans, Bill O'Brien is gone now. So uh, with the Fuller injury, it, it bumps him up a spot, and uh, he he succeeded. And we also had a, a, a reemergence of Chad Hansen, or I guess an emergence of Chad yeah. Hansen, fourth-round pick from, what, like 2017, something like that. Uh, he popped up today. Um, so I'm sure he'll be a hot waiver wire ad that will then do nothing for you going forward, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, but obviously you want to pick 
pick up Kiki if he's on the waiver somehow still, or, uh, you know, I, I doubt he is in most leagues at this point. He was a hot pickup, I think, this week. Um, uh, but the guy, other guy I want to talk about, maybe, I don't remember, these guys, these weeks are all bleeding together, you guys. Maybe I talked about Brandon Cooks last week, I can't remember, but I want to talk about him yes, again. Yes, he seemed to love him. I want to, I want to <laughs> talk about him again today. I still think he's a, and it was, <laughs> it was a little bit under, uh, a little bit disappointing, I guess. Uh, you know, his first game, first game uh, without Will Fuller there, five for eight for 65 yards. And it was also like a, a pretty terrifying day, right? With that, that concussion, I'm sure you guys saw, uh, he went up for that, uh, that, that contested catch and just landed on his head. Uh, you know, I think he had five concussions before. This could, would be a sixth one if it was a concussion, but he was cleared and came back. Uh, so the re- I guess the reason why I want to buy him is because I think he is clearly the wide receiver one there, despite what Hanson and uh, uh, QT did to, did there today. Um, and and because of this kind of under the radar game, if you if, if you're talking about your your league and there's doing box score wash and five for eight for sixty five, okay, maybe you're a little disappointed with that. So maybe uh, we can get him uh, cheap here. And I like him because he's tied through tied to Watson through twenty. 23 you know assuming that he plays out his entire contract he can they can get out of it after uh next season i believe uh for relatively cheap uh if this concussions do become a problem right but uh, right now i mean it's just i just think he's he's a value right now he's gone for a second multiple times in the trade finder and then uh one this is just a fun anecdote i guess but on the same day uh last week brandon cook straight up for will fuller twice in different leagues Oh my gosh! Come on, <laughs> what do you what do you feel about that? So you're saying you still want Fuller? Yeah, I'd still want Fuller. Yeah, and, slam dunk Fuller. Even and, though and we I don't think, know, even though he's going to miss a couple of games next year, and we don't know where he's going to play, and he's potentially not going to be tied to a really good quarterback, and because these PEDs might have helped him stay healthy this whole year, I, I just don't. Yeah, know. I feel yeah, like it's okay. Yeah, okay. All of that. Yeah, still Fuller, um, and, and I think. I think you might get Cooks cheaper. You, you said you might get him at a little bit of a discount because of this disappointing game. I, I think you might get him at a discount because of the scare of this potential concussion. And uh, I mean, we've, we've had the same conversation with Jordan Reed in the past and, you know, I guess he's, he's still out there and playing. So maybe that, maybe that is, is a plus and, you know, in, in Cooks uh, on Cook's side, but, we're just talking about one hit could end this guy's career. It's it's definitely scary, as you said, and um, that's really that's why his value has been down all season and all off season because of that uh, that injury history and specifically related to concussion. So I don't mind buying him, but I, I would still easily rather have Will Fuller. Yeah, and you guys have talked about it. The concussions are the first thing that comes to anybody's mind not only as a long-term dynasty asset, but simply when you put him in your lineup every single week. I, when I do, I think of that like, man, is he going to take a hit in the first quarter and I take a, take a donut because, because Cooks is out uh, early in the game? And those kind of headaches are, are not what you want as a dynasty manager. But, no you had, pun intended, but you've had that every single year with Will Fuller except for this year. That right. same thing. And, and we're starting to come around on Fuller <laughs> slowly, you know, and finally it took, took so long for us. I'm just right saying now. like the injury risks seem pretty, pretty equivalent at this point, And we know, we know the future of Brandon, yeah, Hitch, you know, aside from injury history, aside from future. I mean, when history. Fuller pulls his hamstring the next time, which is, you know, bound to happen at any moment. Any minute. Yeah. Week three. <laughs> that's of not going to end his career. It's okay, not going to end his career. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I just have to say, we for the first time ever, we all endorse Will Fuller uh, one day. <laughs> and the very next day, there's news that Fuller <laughs> takes PEDs out. Jeez, that guy, he just, I can't get it right with Will Fuller. Sometimes that's what happens when you move off your take, right? <laughs> right. You finally, exactly you finally move off of how you feel about a player, and then that's when, when it changes. <laughs> and it comes right back to it. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins, 19. Bengals, 7. Tua, 296 in a touchdown to Mike Gusecki, who had 9 for 88, including one of the best catches of the year. He seems to do that once or twice a year, where he makes an incredible one-handed grab. Uh, in the running game, Miles Gaskin, 21 carries, 90 yards, two catches for 51 as well. But it's another running back slash wide receiver for the Dolphins that we should talk about, Lynn Bowden, Ryan, your your boy, he yeah. made uh, made an appearance and and looked pretty good. Yeah, finally, I, I have to just be a homer here. Kentucky football stinks. Kentucky basketball stinks. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad Lynn Bowden is is pl- is finally getting 
uh, a little run uh, for the Dolphins. But yeah, f- uh, saw four targets, caught all four of them, and had the one rush for 11 yards. I, I thought it was interesting. If nothing else, we because he's hardly played all season, we didn't really know how they were going to use him. Of course, when the Raiders drafted him, they announced him as a running back, and we all kind of shifted our, our analysis and our mindset about about Bowden. Um, but after that trade, we really had no clarity. So I'm, I'm still not sure we do. Uh, maybe he's a pass-catching running back or or maybe uh, just, just a bit of a hybrid player. But uh, regardless, it was good to see him out on the field. If, uh, if somebody's given up on him in your league, I would certainly suggest scooping him up off the waiver wire. Yeah, he's an ad for sure. And, and when it comes to his role, what – I saw all of his all of his work on Sunday, uh, and and they were using him as that move guy. He was moving around the formation, that jet sweep type of guy that you see in all these offenses. If they get creative with Lynn Bowden and allow him to play that role, there is a spot on that team, especially with Tua under center. Who, let's face it, they're not pushing the ball down the field with Tua under center. They're they're looking for those shorter opportunities to get fast players like Bowden the football in space. So there's short term potential, and if he can show himself as a playmaker in that realm, uh, certainly some long term upside with Lynn, Lynn Bowden. I liked what I saw as well in Week 13. Matt, the other running back, I guess, in that offense is Miles Gaskin. I mentioned his stat line: 21 carries for 90 yards. And, and two catches for 51. He came through in his first game back. What do we do with him uh, now that he's uh, back and he's playing well? Yeah, Gaskin, I just he's some, one of these running backs that I, I feel like I never know what to do with. You know, you look at him as a, on the, the depth chart as a starter in week one, and he's just somebody that you think, you know, I guess he's going to be a running back two based on volume, and that's, that's kind of what he's been. He's been the running back 17 in points per game. Uh, uh, over the season, uh, so he obviously missed a few games. Uh, over 14 points uh, per, per game, only one game under 10 points. But he's just someone that you have a hard time having any faith in in 2021. You know, they, they have a likely this team has a likely top 10 pick from Houston and their own pick that's going to probably fall in the mid 20s somewhere. And you, you don't necessarily think they're going to take a running back there, but they've been spending up at other places, uh, 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 spending draft capital on defense and other positions. Obviously, two of last year, so uh, they're probably going to want to add some receiving weapons for him but I don't think a running back you know in the first two rounds is definitely out of the questions for him so that case is Gaskin he comes in as the lead back sure but is it a more talented player that they bring in it's just it's just a player that a type of player that I never find myself spending on and you probably could have had him for uh, you know uh, uh, maybe even right now you can have him for a mid mid, mid to late second right uh, and it seems like for a contender this is just a, a, a profile we should be buying for as we enter the playoffs here but it's just a player a player profile that I never seem to be able to pull the trigger on so I don't know how you guys feel about that do you do you have a take on on these kinds of players I get I get a little bit of a feel of kind of the same situation that we've talked about with James Robinson and uh, he's he's a player of course we've talked a lot about and that the the deeper into the season we go the more successful he is the more confident that we are that that he'll be the 2021 starter and of course at this point that that seems like a no-brainer um He's had Robinson's had more success this year than Gaskin, so I think I'm not quite ready to say that uh, as as far as Gaskin being locked in as the 2021 starter. But I do I do think he's obviously had some success. He's obviously cheap, and he his presence and his success allows Miami to focus on uh, other positions in the draft and in free agency. So. Um, I'm I'm with you, Matt. I don't know if I'm ready to buy him, uh, but if he's on my roster, I'm I'm not afraid to use him. He continues to uh, continues to put up fantasy points when he's when he's healthy and in the lineup. Yeah, that that example that you gave with Robinson was exactly what I'm thinking, and I I, I can't change anything that you said there. I, I think the exact same thing that that Robinson's obviously a step ahead or maybe two tiers ahead of what we think with Gaskin, but they're similar players. And while I don't think any of us are necessarily buying him as a long-term asset, uh, we're fine, fine owning him and fine putting him in our lineups as we move forward. The Vikings just got by the Jaguars 27 to 24. They got a scare, but they, 
They came out on top. Dalvin Cook, 32 carries for 120 yards. Also caught six balls for 59. Justin Jefferson, Matt, he was incredible, really. Uh, Once again, nine for 121 and a touchdown. Had another big play taken away in overtime because of P.I. that, that frankly gets overlooked often. So that could have been another big chunk of fantasy points for us all. A dynamic player. He he's so good. Yeah, I just put on the show sheet wide receiver five because Ryan posed the question: How high are we ranking him? Uh, I I moved him up from nine again this this week. Uh, he's just behind DK Devonte Tyreek and AJ Brown for me right now. Just just ahead of of DeAndre Hopkins, which I think is maybe I don't know maybe a little bit hot, but a seven age uh, seven year age difference there. I'm happy to to take that age discount if somebody's willing to swap me Jefferson for for Hopkins at this point. Yeah, so in our latest ADP, Jefferson is actually the wide receiver seven. Uh, he is behind DeAndre Hopkins, and he's actually also behind uh, C.D. Lamb, along with a few of the other players that you uh, receivers that you mentioned there, Matt. I, I'm taking him over both of those guys at this point. So five, five feels right. Yeah, it feels good to to me as well. Uh, the thing that always comes to mind with Jefferson and, and really any of these young wide receivers that make an impact is that will there be adjustments and how will they, how will things change over time? And, and the thing about Jefferson that so many analysts, I guess, NFL analysts say is, is that he's so good against man coverage and, and not quite as good against zone coverage. I'm wondering if there'll be anything there. While I love what Justin Jefferson has done, like any young player, we worry about how, how adjustments will change their outcomes. Nonetheless, he's, man, he's so dynamic and, and he works so well, short, intermediate and deep that uh, I can't see him disappearing anytime soon uh wide receiver five looks just fine from a dynasty perspective adam thielen also came through eight catches for 75 yards and a score on the other side of things we just talked about james robinson 18 for 78 and a score also caught six passes for 30 yards colin johnson uh another nice game ryan four catches 66 yards caught a two-point conversion seems like he could be could be creating a role for himself. DJ Chark was back this week, caught just two passes, but Colin Johnson was still on the field. Yeah, and Mike Glennon really spread the ball around. We did talk about Colin Johnson last week, and and while uh, while we were all impressed, we also said with with Chark and with Keelan Cole. Uh, I'm sorry, I believe it was Chris Conley out of the lineup last week that there was some uncertainty. Maybe he's just a a little bit of a one-week fill-in, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, Chark saw seven targets. Four other players saw six targets. As I said, Glennon was definitely spreading the ball around, and Colin Johnson was one of those, uh, and he was the most successful of those, 66 yards to lead the team. Um, I, I doubt he's still on your waiver wire, but absolutely priority add if he is. The Raiders beat the Jets uh, on a Hail Mary, really. Uh, what were the Jets thinking with that blitz at the end of the game? Las Vegas comes out on top 31-28. to Darren Waller was an absolute beast. 13 catches, 200 yards, and two scores. Derek, Wall, Derek Carr, uh, 381 and three touchdowns, also added a rushing touchdown in the game. Matt Waller, another tight end that obviously he belongs in that top three conversation among tight ends every now and then he disappears but he comes up with these games a couple times a year that can just carry a a dynasty manager to a victory and Sunday was one of them against the Jets yeah I I just wonder if he's he's a little bit of a value right now and someone we should especially consider or excuse me not forget about once we get you know to the middle of the offseason when we're all all talking about the rookies and and the young and up and coming guys uh somebody that we should consider as a buy at that point once we know these veterans start uh the price tag kind of goes down uh, once we get to that to that middle to late offseason uh this year uh, he or currently Aaron Waller is ranked as the tight end seven consensusly by our rankers uh he's drafted has been drafted as a tight end four in November if you have updated on that Ryan let me know um, but he's also just signed a big contract last year he's 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 basically signed through 2024 there is an out potential out after 2021 but he's only the 10th highest paid tight end so uh, it seems like a reasonable price for him uh, he has seven top six tight end games this year uh, two two tight end one overall w- uh, weeks 
uh, and just two games lower than tight end 16. And in 2019, he finishes the tight end three behind, obviously, uh, Kelsey and Kittle, but he was only one and a half points behind Kittle. So, he, he, like you said, he should be in consideration for that top three tight end, but we just love these guys, these younger guys b- below him that are kind of underperforming this year. Hawkinson notwithstanding, I think we can probably put Hawkinson over him just you know based on the age discount, five-year age discount there. But Mark Andrews, somebody who we've had and me, me personally still has as a tight end three, uh, probably at this point should be ranked lower than him. Uh, you know, some people have Dallas Goddard and Hunter Henry over him, Noah Fant. So uh, it just seems like a value at the position. He, like you said, he does disappear, you know, a week or two during the season, but usually he's pretty consistent. Uh, and I think one of the things that we overlooked this, this, this off season heading into 2020 is that they added these wide receivers in the draft with, with rugs and Edwards, right? And we thought maybe his volume from 2019 was going to kind of take a bit of a hit, but we're seeing that they're still running the off the passing offense through him. And, and as these receivers get more experience, maybe that changes a little bit but it seems like he's locked in as as a you know a top two to three target for them uh so i i I like waller a lot right now and i want to be buying this offseason i think yeah i agree with everything you said there matt the only the only issue is it's it's kind of tough to buy a player after such a blow-up game like this but in in general i agree he's he's been undervalued this game was actually the sixth best uh fantasy performance from a tight end in NFL history and the best wow. one since 2002. So only only the sixth player to put up uh, 44 fantasy points uh, in one game. So, yeah, huge huge game from Waller. And uh, you mentioned the ADP. He is still the tight end four and just uh, just percentage points behind uh, TJ Hawkinson. So they're, they're basically right beside each other in our ADP. More than anything else, it feels like in, uh, uh, something to store away for the offseason when trade negotiations are happening and you need to upgrade that tight end position for next year and beyond. Darren Waller is a guy to target for sure. Uh, for the Jets, Ty Johnson came in for Frank Gore, who, who missed a lot of t- most of this game really uh, with a concussion. Ty Johnson, 22 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown, also caught two passes. Sam Darnold, we have to mention him, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, still a guy to target this offseason if you're looking for quarterback help in super flex and two quarterback leagues. But with Ty Jansen, Ryan, he's a guy that is obviously on waiver wires, even in the deepest of leagues. How, how interested are you? He might be useful down the stretch, even in the playoffs. Maybe a guy that you just spend what you have left because there's not going to be many more opportunities. Yeah, at this point, I would I would be adding him uh, just to see what happens, and it's kind of been frustrating to watch this Jets team for for a lot of reasons. But uh, one of them is early in the season they were uh, they would they wanted to stick with Frank Gore. Really, throughout the season, they wanted to stick with Frank Gore. Uh, we didn't see as much uh, Lamichael P. Ryan as as maybe we wanted. Uh, now now he's hurt and on the IR. I'm not sure if he's uh, going to be able to come back this year at all, but. Uh, with with Gore out of the lineup today, obviously Johnson performed pretty well, and just hopefully, as as a young guy, we get to see a little bit more of him down the stretch rather than Gore. Guys, I mentioned Monkey Knife Fight earlier tonight, and I want to mention them again because they're the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. And best of all, they're giving you free money and free Dynasty football content with an initial deposit. Open a new account with a minimum of $10 deposit to Monkey Knife Fight, and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by a year. So if you're a current subscriber, head over to Monkey Knife Fight. And they're going to not only give you a year more of DLF premium service, they're also going to match your initial deposit amount, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. They feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. You're going to find all the entertaining contest options over at monkeyknifefight.com. These guys provide DFS games with no salary caps. So if you can correctly predict an outcome, you're guaranteed to win, and there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At Monkey Knife Fight, you're not going to get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate those other fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match, and you're free. DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership only at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. 
Com. The Browns boat raced the Titans in the first half. Then the Titans kind of came back and made it close. 41-35 to was the final. Baker Mayfield threw four first-half touchdowns, including shots to Richard Higgins, who was 6-for-95, and Jarvis Landry, who caught a touchdown, went 8-for-62. Even Donovan Peoples-Jones got into the action. 2-for-92 should have had a third touchdown as well. What we need to talk about here, though, is Baker, Matt, because... He's so inconsistent and then has the best first half of his career, throwing four touchdown passes. Ryan, a few weeks ago, you tweeted that Baker, all of his big games pretty much come against the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, this one didn't. It was the Titans, but that defense isn't much better than the Bengals. Yeah, Baker is uh, quarterback 1768 overall in November Superflex uh, Dynasty Leagues. I don't think we've completed them yet for, for December. Uh, I, is quarterback 16 in rankings, uh, consistency-wise. And so my question for you guys now is, like, where, where are we valuing him at right now? He's had these two big games this year, but mostly uh, mostly unstartable. I mean, he, obviously, he's your quarterback, too, in a Superflex League. But if you, ha- if you had an inbox t- uh, in your uh, – excuse me, an offer in your inbox tomorrow – for a late first uh, to, to give you Baker for your late first. Are you taking that in a super flex format? Is he a first? I'm Is not. he a late first? He's a second, which I means you're never going to have leagues, him. He's going to be, you're, you're not going to see, you're going to see that type of league in a lot of league or a lot, that trade in a lot of leagues, but it's not the type of deal that I would make. I'd rather package that first with something else and get an upgrade on my second quarterback. Uh, somebody a little higher than Baker. He's typically in the, 14 to 18 range, I think, from most rankers. Most people consider him a average uh, quarterback, two in these super flex, flex leagues. And paying up for that or even paying any first-round pick just feels like it's not a, not a long-term productive move, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, same here. Uh, I, and I don't, I don't say that to say that I, I, I think he's going to cost a second. I, I don't know that you could buy him right. for a second. Um, you won't. the The Baker owners not sell. You, if you had him, there's no way you'd sell him for a second. No, no. In 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 that super flex format, there's just no reason to. But uh, but I'm still not paying a late first for him. I saw a lot of a lot of chest pounding about Baker Mayfield today. Um, <laughs> and I mean, today was this was his best game of his entire career, both from from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the most fantasy points he's ever scored in a game, including uh, that that big run he had uh, in his rookie season. So, you know, maybe this is the beginning of something, but I'm not really expecting it. This feels more like an outlier game to me. Uh, and if I could sell for a first rounder, I would. All those people that are pounding their chest, you just need to – let's just wait seven days. Let's see what he does next week because, like you said, he's so up and down and, and man, he can have a stinker just – so much quicker than he can have one of these three thirty-four and four touchdown games like he did on Sunday. That Browns running game, Nick Chubb came through 18 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown also had a big catch of 26 yards. But Kareem Hunt, Ryan, 14 carries, including multiple shots at the goal line that he couldn't convert, just 33 yards. And once again, not really featured as a pass catcher, three catches for 24 yards since Chubb has returned. And maybe a little before that, and I know they've dealt with a lot of weather games, Hunt has disappointed. He really has. We've kind of seen three segments of uh, of Hunt's season before the Chubb injury, during during the Chubb injury while he was out of the lineup, and and now since Chubb has been back, and really the most successful of those for Hunt was the beginning of the season when both of those guys were out there. Hunt was actually scoring as a top twelve running back at that point. Now he's only hit double digit fantasy points one time in the past five games. And he's simply not a player you can stick in your lineup confidently each week. Yeah, a guy you're supposed to be able to stick in your lineup confidently each week at the running back position is Derrick Henry, but he also disappointed. Game script didn't help out. 15 carries he did get, but didn't get any catches, just 60 yards on the ground. I wouldn't be worried, as Matt has mentioned a few times. That schedule is nice down the stretch at Jacksonville. Home to Detroit and at Green Bay, three of the four worst run defenses over the next three weeks. He's going to win some people some fantasy titles. Let's move on to the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams win by 10 in this one. Cam Akers was the featured running back. 21 carries, just 72 yards, though. Did score a touchdown, one catch for 22. 
as well. Matt, he was featured. What are your thoughts on Akers after his first real featured performance, I guess? Yeah, I mean, he didn't blow the doors off or anything, but he dominated carries, 15 carries, I believe. The next highest was three, uh, Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson did have that uh Long, longest thirty-plus yard touchdown run to kind of save his day, but otherwise it was it was Cam Akers' show. So again, with we have these uh, these peripheral numbers that are showing that maybe we should be buying still. Uh, uh, you know, he's he didn't put up a big game, just like you know, obviously different than the Brandon Cook situation, but a similar situation that he didn't put up a big game, so people aren't going to be looking at him as uh, this guy that's going to demand you know a, a huge 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 price I think back so somebody I still want to buy we talked about him last week I don't really need to go into a whole lot of details just a young running back I think he's the cheapest of the 2020 crop still uh, and it's been based on the usage today I'm still buying him yeah I think so too actually you compared it to Cooks it feels exactly like Taylor to me when we when yeah, we look right. at w- yeah. when we look at the box score the the numbers look good he let in carries he uh, he had a touchdown once again but um, if you watch that game it, it didn't really feel like he was the dominant running back. And in fact, Henderson uh, missed a little bit of time with an injury. Uh, So I I do wonder if that's what led to the increased usage. If, if Henderson had been healthy the entire game, uh, I wonder if that would have been more of a, of a split backfield. So uh, just like Taylor, I'm not ready to, to crown acres, the starter yet, or, or even a fantasy starter, but it is, you know, it's encouraging. Other notes from this game, Kyler Murray, 173 yards and three touchdowns, also through an interception. And DeAndre Hopkins, eight catches for 52 yards and scored to save his fantasy day. Dan Arnold, I had to start him in one league. Two catches <laughs> for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Thank you very much, You're Mr. Such Arnold. A luck that box. helps out a lot. Yep. <laughs> so lucky. <laughs> Forced into it, for sure. Uh, the Giants, they forced a lot of Seahawks mistakes and came out on top 17-12. to 12. One of the biggest disappointments as far as performances from an NFL team this year was the Seahawks on Sunday. They really got run up and down the field. Russell Wilson, 263 yards and a touchdown, but threw a pick, 45 rushing yards. He was fine, but he should have just thrashed this Giants defense and did not. Also, DK Metcalf, five catches for 80. Had another really bad drop, which was which was disappointing, Matt. And while he's going to do that from time to time, he's still one of the top, if not the top, wide receiver assets for dynasty managers. It's just maddening when he does that. Yeah, you know, it's... I just we, we, We've talked about this before. You can't over, overrate drops. Uh, if, if you're getting these kind of kind of targets uh, the the number of targets he's getting you're going to have some drops it's just disappointing that they have come in some high leverage situations for us uh, and he's still my wide receiver one in dynasty I'm sure he's still Ryan's I think the community in general is kind of coming around to that thinking so just for fun because when we get players that bump up this high I wanted to check out to see like what the what the market value is what 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 is he being moved for and it, I just don't think it's uh I don't think it's enough like so so here's one that I that I saw that, that definitely didn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh uh, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, a 2021 first and a 2022 first. Like, okay, you're getting two first, but uh, but one of them is two years away. Uh, I'm not moving DK for that. Uh, DK and a second for Galladay, two firsts and a second. That's closer, but Galladay, he needs a contract. We don't, where is he going to play next year? He's obviously older, uh, going to turn 27, I believe. So you're getting an age discount there with DK. So I still want DK there. Uh, and then I found this weird trade, and this is the, really the whole reason why I brought him up because these two first two, I, I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but I think they're not that interesting. But this one, uh, I have a question for you guys before I tell you about this trade. What is the most number of years that you have seen in the future uh, of future picks being allowed to trade? Like, I have, I've seen three, and that's borderline I've for me. I've seen three, yep. Okay, so three is the max, and usually it's two. Yeah, that's two, two is usually the max, and I would feel really uncomfortable going beyond that. This trade that I found in the trade finder that happened just a few days ago, DK and Landry for two 2021 seconds and six, 20, six, six first round picks from 2022 to 2027. This, this, this league oh is playing goodness. with at least seven years out in, in picks. So at that point, you guys, oh uh, are you guys are you guys trading DK for six first round picks? Uh, I don't I, even know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to value. How do you value a pick? Well, I would years, only say this. Out? I would say that six six first rounders spread out over six years 
is worth a lot less than six first uh, yes, rounders absolutely. In, in one single class over the next two years. Obviously. Right. And, yeah. and not only because of the time. I mean, if, if you're giving me six first rounders in one draft class where I can really control that, that entire first round, basically, then I'm trading anyone for that. Right. But right. To, to spread them out and, you know, who knows if this league is around in six years, that probably, I'd probably just keep Metcalf at that point. So Not probably. Just, you'd just, keep Metcalf. I would keep it. Yeah. I would keep it. Just hypothetically, if you got three, is like, is there any player now that's worth three first round picks? Because like, we used to be four was like, maybe OBJ at his peak was where we were at with four first round picks. But now it doesn't even seem like player any player is really worth three at this point, except for if we're talking about maybe Mahomes in a super flex format. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. That the elite quarterback in the super flex is where you start getting into the three conversation. I think there's the potential over the next year, though, especially with the emergence of some of these players like DK. DK, he he belongs in the conversation. If these guys do it a little bit more consistently, and there's a there's really a group of them and a couple of running backs that mix in there as well. They're gonna they're gonna approach three first round type type levels, and it won't be as odd anymore. Yeah, so DK has is another riser, no surprise there. But in that December ADP that I keep referencing, he is the second overall player. Uh, he's the 1.02 behind only Christian McCaffrey. And even though McCaffrey has a higher ADP, and and you know maybe Barkley or Kamara or, or you know whoever you you might want to look at there might be ranked higher. I think right now in a one quarterback format, I think DK is the most difficult player to trade for right now. I, I think that's probably the case unless you have one of those other names that you that you mentioned there. If you're talking if you're talking moving within the first five picks of a startup, then the, then it's attainable. But outside of that you have to get into the two plus first round picks, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh the Patriots, I don't know if we need to talk about this that much. Forty five <laughs> to nothing over the Chargers. Cam Newton put up a very solid fantasy game, touchdown passing, two touchdown rushes as well. Justin Herbert and really the whole Chargers team was disappointing. Herbert two oh nine didn't throw a touchdown, obviously. They got shut out. Two picks. Austin Eckler, eight for thirty six on the ground, just four catches this week. Guys, this Chargers offense, this Chargers team, really, they need a spark. They need something new. And Justin Herbert was that for, for a while, but it's it's just not enough anymore. they, they got to go down a different path. Yeah, they absolutely do. And, and that, that coaching staff needs to go. Uh, we, we all know that. That's been pretty obvious uh, for, for quite a while now. And uh, now we'll just wait and see if it happens uh, before the end of the season or – or follow. before the end of this podcast, <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe potentially, but I mean, Herbert, Herbert has taken a step back. Um, I mean, it's, it's a small sample size, but just over the past two weeks, QB 14 last week, he's quarterback 24 heading, uh, <coughs> excuse me, heading into the, um, the Sunday night game. So, uh, likely going to, I mean, he, he's certainly going to fall out of even that QB two range, uh, of the top 24. So a frustrating game from Herbert uh, as far as he goes and Eckler and, and Keenan Allen. I'm just kind of brushing this off as, as a terrible game Buy them all. F- from top to bottom. Yeah. I, I want them all because there is going to be a new coaching staff. And uh, if, if there's any kind of discount, there certainly shouldn't be really with any of those three players. But uh, if, if there is obviously take advantage of that. Yeah, you mentioned Keenan Allen, five catches for 48 yards, did get the 11 targets. Also, Mike Williams, another game that I, guy that I always throw into the conversation. I still love myself a little Mike Williams, four catches for 43 on nine targets. If he could land on his feet ever when he makes a catch, though, that'd be super. <laughs> um, the Packers and the Eagles are the final game that we need to talk about. The Packers win 30-16 to 16 despite a fourth-quarter scare in the game. Aaron Rodgers, 295 and 3. Devontae Adams did his thing, 10 for 121 and 2. Aaron Jones, 15 carries for 30, 130 and a long touchdown. Also caught three passes. Also Robert Tanyan, he was good, 4 for 39. 
in a score. But the conversation here, guys, is probably the Eagles because Carson Wentz had a rough first half, just 79 passing yards, got sacked a handful of times. Then Jalen Hurts took over in the second half, uh, gave him a spark, 109 passing yards, also threw a touchdown in the game. This Wentz and and Hurts situation in Philadelphia, Matt, what's your take on this? Where's the value of Wentz and Hurts as it pertains to these super flex and two quarterbacks leagues? I, I just don't know. It feels like we should want to buy him. You know, I, I guess Philly's Philly's going to have a hard time moving on just based on his conf, contract, right? But are they going to are they going to bench him for Hertz in twenty twenty one? It could certainly happen for the rest of twenty twenty. What do they have to lose? I guess I guess uh, they're still potentially in the running for uh, for the NFC East. But 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 New York Giants are coming on and, and Dallas is playing better, so it seems pretty unlikely. Uh, and when we just talked about Baker Mayfield, and I, I was going to kind of kind of compare the two, but after he was benched, it kind of feels like Baker's even ahead of him. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess I want to throw it back to you guys. Is he a buy in Superflex leagues? I, I, if you wouldn't pay a late first for Baker, I assume you're not paying a late first for, for Carson Wentz and his uncertain future. Uh, so so where's the value at? The only trade that I have seen uh, recently was one that actually happened in Capitalist Pigs 3, one of our buddy Scott Fish's leagues, a 14-team Superflex, and someone with uh, Carson Wentz uh, traded Wentz, Jacobs, and Edmonds for Herbert and Rojo, and I would want Herbert over that whole package, even though we do have Josh, Josh Jacobs in there. I still, still think I want Herbert's side uh in uh in a, in a 14 team super flex yeah yeah love the herbert side of that one uh, i do think wentz is is a buy in, in dynasty super flex leagues i don't know if he'll be with the eagles next year and when it comes to buying him i don't think it really matters you, you look around the league right now and and just look at some of the quarterbacks that are starting and this guy is as bad as this 2020 season has been He's going to have an opportunity to play, and, and if you can get him for a second rounder or or a couple of second rounders or um, something like that, then absolutely, I think I would take a shot. Uh, Doug Peterson did say after the game that he's not ready to name a starter uh, for next week. That's usually not a good sign for the uh, the long the incumbent, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> usually not a good sign. So we'll we'll see um, we'll see how you know how how week fourteen looks, but. Um. Yeah, it's it's just obviously been a terrible season for Wentz. Guys, let's quickly talk about Hurts and his value because if he does get the opportunity over the next few weeks to finish out this season and puts a little pressure on that front office to make the move to him over Wentz in the future, this is a guy that was picked in the second round and has been kind of buried, stashed away on dynasty rosters in these super flex in two quarterback leagues, there's the potential for him to really shoot up rankings and and make a splash down the stretch. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, there were a lot of people excited about him coming into the season and, and coming into, I guess I should say back uh, coming into the draft and, and landing in Philly was, was kind of cold water on that a little bit with, with Carson Wentz there and the uncertainty of, of what that would look like. But um, just his, his athletic ability overall, his um, the way he improved throughout college, that reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson. Uh, both of those guys are players who, um, for a long time, we, we heard couldn't play quarterback in the NFL, and they both steadily and uh, in some ways quickly improved during their college career. So uh, I, don't, I don't think Hertz is going to be the next Lamar Jackson or anything like that, but obviously his value will take a major spike, even if he's named the starter, let alone what type of success he has. Last thing on this game, fellas, is Miles Sanders. He struggles once again since returning from injury. Uh, he had the game against the Giants, 15 carries for 85 yards and caught two passes, then 16 for 66, caught three passes, then Seattle was a bummer, 15 rushing yards, seven receiving yards, and now this week, 10 carries for 31 yards against one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL Miles Sanders managers are not happy with their guy who is really supposed to be their running back one. No, and I don't I don't know what happened today. Like uh, the Packers got out to a big lead, so I guess they just stopped giving the ball, but why are you going to stop giving the ball to your best player against like you said one of the if not the worst run defenses in the NFL? So I don't really understand this. I don't think I'm 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 reacting yet. I think I'm still I think he's still a top 5 
a dynasty running back for me. Uh, I just think this whole Eagles offense is in disarray right now. We're going to have to wait for, you know, that the offensive line to maybe get fixed and then to figure out this quarterback situation and for wide receivers to actually, you know, stay healthy from the beginning of the year on uh, for this to really get fixed for him. So it is certainly concerning, but from a dynasty's perspective, I don't think I'm moving him down uh, at all just, just yet. I hate to say it as a Carson Wentz guy. He's he's certainly one of the guys that I've liked over over my over his time in the league. But it wouldn't be bad as as a Miles Sanders guy to see Hertz in the lineup and get an opportunity down the stretch this week against New Orleans, then at Arizona, then at Dallas. Maybe that loosens things up for the running back and gives him more opportunities in open space. So we'll see how that plays out. As we said in the opening, fellas, uh, the regular season's over for about 99.9% of, of us that play fantasy football. Hopefully we all made the postseason. We're about to make that run. We're going to be here for you guys throughout to react to everything that happens, the most important thing for the rest of this season and beyond. Stay tuned for the DLF Dynasty podcast throughout the rest of the season and into the off season. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next time.